welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Wendy Goonan is a wife, mother and grandmother and has been an engineer, a bushland manager and research analyst. Before receiving the call to be a member of the Fifth Plenary Council in Australia, Wendy embarked on postgraduate studies in theology alongside seminarians in Sydney, taking great interest in biblical, liturgical and ecclesiological studies. Despite all that practice in discernment, Wendy is still pondering her own call and preparing to be ready when needed. Hello. I acknowledge that I am recording these thoughts from Bidjigal land on Darug country in the Hills district of Sydney. I pay my respect to the elders past and present who belong to this land and hold its stories and law in their very being. Today I will reflect on the gospel for the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. This reading has become familiar to us because its final phrases are very easy to remember and they give us reassurance. They are preserved in a hymn that could be sung at almost any point in the liturgy and at any time of the year. The whole reading appears this year also for the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and in my missal as a choice for a funeral mass for the dead. There must be a good message here then. In fact, there are many messages, even in these few verses, and they range over who Jesus is, who God is, how God is revealed, and to whom God is revealed, who Jesus wants to come to him, what he will expect from them and do for them, and what he himself is like. I'll try and deal with just a couple, but might have to touch on more than just a couple. When I was a girl, I was really good at learning stuff. I had a photographic memory and found at least the first 10 years of schoolwork really easy. Teachers often gave me glowing reports. I knew from an early age that I would go to university, but in senior high school, I did not overwork myself to get there. I took an extra year to finish my degree though, with my colours barely lifting in the breeze because of the start of chronic health problems. But I value learning and knowledge so much I still pursue them in a formal way and in less formal ways. Twitter is my friend for this. You might be surprised how many good scientists, doctors, ecologists, artists and theologians can be found on a platform that has a reputation for hatred and sordidness. The Pope and the Vatican are on Twitter and a couple of preachers in earlier episodes of this podcast, so I'm in good company. My formal study and the life teaching I have had wash over me at home with my parents and many siblings, and at schools with the Sisters of St. Joseph and the Sisters of Mercy, and any number of pastors giving homilies of all kinds, all these things help me to recognise the pearls of great wisdom on Twitter, as well as the rubbish. I study theology now. But Jesus here tells us that the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of everything I can see and love and learn about, has hidden the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven from the learned and the clever and revealed them to little children. 
this is a bit of a worry for someone who spends their life learning. Is all my learning in vain and even my scripture study missing the point? Maybe I need to be careful not to put too much store in being clever. The learned are the ones who have studied and gathered knowledge and potentially developed wisdom. The clever are the ones who can put what they have learned wherever they've learned it and apply it to a new problem. We have great respect for the people who have learned things and we teach our children and send them to school so they will learn what they need for life. It is surely a mark of our species that we learn and become wise. So who are the learned that the mysteries of kingdom are being hidden from? Scripture scholars tend to agree that when Jesus said these words, he was referring to some of the Pharisees who were considered at the time to have learned everything about the Jewish law and about God. When John the Baptist and Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God is among us, the Pharisees didn't get it and they became suspicious. We don't have scribes and Pharisees in our church, so what makes this story relevant to us? There are plenty of people who want us to think they know what the message is. And some people we can trust to have a pretty good idea of what the message is. How can we tell the difference? Jesus gives us bold statements and hints to help. If we read ahead, Matthew helps us as well. Jesus explains to his disciples why he teaches by parables. He said, well, so that those who have been given faith will understand more. But those who don't have faith will hear a somewhat far-fetched story that they will not understand. We are not dealing with a standard parable today, but we have a conundrum a bit like a parable. At first we have Jesus praising God for hiding things from the learned. And the next minute he is calling all those who've got too many burdens to come, take up another yoke and learn from him. At first glance, he means the ones who are overworked to come to him and he'll give them rest and the first impression of that might suggest he means he will take our work and give us a holiday, a rest from our work, from our burdens of expectations and worries and responsibilities. But no, we've got to take up his yoke and learn. We have to learn from him. So is that where the difference is, learning from Jesus rather than someone else? Suppose we are all labouring and overburdened. We are to come to Jesus, yoke ourselves to him, learn from him and find rest for our souls. The rest is not for our bodies. Our bodies will still have work to do. Our minds too, in our worries, responsibilities, decision makings, will still have work to do. But our souls will find rest. Our souls, with their God-given understanding, learn from Jesus even better than our minds do. Otherwise, his most cryptic or fantastical parables would be easily understood by people of great and little faith alike. Okay, so what is the yoke of Jesus? He tells us here it is easy. But yokes in the Old Testament have always been associated with slavery or being tied to someone or something that is hard to bear or takes us away from living well in the sight of God. We know that yokes in Australia kept pairs of bullocks together so they could pull heavy loads of produce or construction materials in the opening up of our European civilization in this country. And there was always a driver with a whip who pushed them on and kept them on the track. The yoke was usually something imposed, whether on the bullocks or the slaves 
or on the Jews by overzealous interpretation of the law. Jesus says, take up my yoke. But that's a choice, and it has a reward. If we are already burdened by another yoke, we will need to lay that one down. And we might need some help with that. It can take strength to let go of something we have become tied to. Jesus' yoke will tie us to him, but we can't be tied to two masters. Do we have habits tying us and keeping us away from our loved ones, or from being gentle and humble? Is this what we need to lay down in order to walk with Jesus? Maybe it is a stubbornness that rejects the message of Jesus coming from the poor, or the lonely, or the prophets of our time who give us messages that need us to change our ways, using less of the resources provided by creation, perhaps so that the poor can have what they need. Other examples abound. Jesus' yoke is easy because he is gentle and humble of heart. We know those lovely but mysterious sayings in the Gospel of John. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the bread of life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the vine. Matthew, though, quotes us only a couple of things that Jesus says about himself in this way. Jesus says here, I am gentle and humble of heart. He says, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am among them. I hope he means this applies even when people listen to a podcast together and that I am getting the right idea to be sharing with you. Matthew closes his gospel with Jesus telling his disciples, those who have chosen to follow and learn from him, he says, I am with you always until the end of time. That's a very humble set of I am statements. So maybe this yoke of Jesus is a matter of being gentle and humble and learning from him. If Jesus says his burden is light, we shouldn't feel a great weight in this yoke of humbleness and gentleness. We don't need to see a shame in learning either because he wants us to learn from him. But if we feel that we are missing the point here or cannot grasp the mysteries of the kingdom, maybe God has not chosen to reveal them to us yet. And this might be our burden, a sense that we can't understand yet, even though we want to, or we can't quite live the way we should in order to feel we are in good standing with God. We might have misunderstood something else the Bible or the church has tried to teach us. Or we may feel that the church itself, like the Pharisees of old, imposes rules on us that we find it hard to live with. We need to remember now that Jesus is calling us with our burdens, and especially burdens about our faith, to find rest in taking up his yoke of humbleness and gentleness and learning from him. The humble of heart are open to his teaching, and the gentle always ready to be kind to those who need care in times of pain or torment. We can praise God with Jesus as our Father in heaven, who is Lord of all creation, and ask him to let us also see what he is like. With Augustine, a man of many failings who became a man of great faith, we can pray as he did in the first chapter of his confessions. O Lord, you are great, and this man who bears his sin around him desires to praise you. You move us to delight in praising you, for you have formed us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Lord, teach me to know and understand what I should do first, to call for your help or to praise you, and similarly, to know you or to call for your help. 
Augustine expresses our own conundrum here. Which should we do first? Praise God, ask for his help, or try to learn to know? Jesus calls us to him, invites us to tie ourselves to him like the disciples, without fear because he is gentle and humble of heart, and learn from him. This will be easy, and in doing this we will find rest for our souls, the rest that comes from knowing that he is with us, always until the end of time. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac, watac.net.au and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.